spark of your life, motivation, keep it moving, uh, all about improving, this here is a movement, conquer your life, uh, ain't no going backwards, time to overcome your challenges with Tristan Mathers, aiming to see the success, time to start living your best, positive changes, they creating a ripple effect, mind, body, spirit, all about resilience, welcome to the podcast, hey, let's get it, get it. What's up, everybody? I'm Tristan Mathers, and welcome to Conquer Your Life. Join me as I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world, sharing their invaluable insights with you. Together, we'll ignite the fire within and unlock your limitless potential. Let's get it. Let the listeners know what you do, man. This is Quentin West. I met him back in uh, not too long ago. It was a week or two ago. Has it been two weeks by now? I think it has been two weeks. Okay, yeah. I, f- I forget time, man. It's it's crazy yeah, no, with us being by. busy. Um, but yeah, I met him at a, a workshop that uh, Marshall Gillen was hosting. And I just, I want to hear it from you, man. Like, what did you think of the workshop? I thought it was great. I mean, it's the thing I like most about it is it's super generic. So like anybody can apply it, but the tools and techniques he gives out are incredibly valuable. Um so he goes through everything, like talking about building your presentation, packaging your offer, and then presenting it in a way where people can benefit and learn. And you can also capitalize on the knowledge you have. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. When I'm listening to him, obviously I'm I'm part of his inner circle. And man, even even now, I've I've listened to a couple of his things and been present in him. But man, it's so much. At oh, such yeah. a quick amount of time, I mean, he's getting it, and you got to really be paying attention yeah. because I mean, <laughs> absolutely, that dude has energy like a firecracker. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. does. Um, <clears throat> so, man, I know that real estate is your specialty, and uh, when it comes to me, I typically don't know Jack, and that's why I was asking you so many damn questions when we were in Dallas. Um, that's so, all right. <clears throat> let's uh let the listeners know like what you do man like i know you told me about your past and you went to college and ended up dropping out so man if you want to start there and kind of share where you were and how you ended up getting to 100k months man let's hear it yeah absolutely uh so i'd say five or six years ago now um I started college as an engineer. Um, I'd worked my tail off all through high school. I'd sacrificed, you know, playing sports, things like that, uh, to make sure I could get into Virginia Tech. Uh, got into Virginia Tech, started working, um, on getting my degree, going through those engineering classes. And pretty quickly, I realized that I did not belong. Um, the people there just had goals totally unrelated to what I wanted to do. Um, be actually becoming an engineer didn't even align with my goals. Um, mostly the money part of it, uh, you know, coming out making 60,000 a year and I wanted to make 60,000 a month or 60,000 a week. Uh, and, you know, I'm just sitting in classes, couldn't pay attention. I've got strong ADD as it is. So just me trying to pay attention to something I had no interest in was extremely hard. Uh, and eventually it got to the point where I just didn't even show up to class. I didn't see the point. I got mm-hmm. nothing from it. I wasn't paying attention the entire time. I was either drawing or dreaming yeah. about my next business or something like that. Uh, and eventually I 
my grades were just so bad that I decided to drop out. I mean, I was going to fail anyways. I wasn't going to get credit for my classes. Um, and I just didn't have the passion to keep going. I was super depressed at the time, had no friends. I pretty much spent 20 hours a day completely by myself. Um, and then a couple hours, you know, with friends, but again, they didn't relate to me in any way. We had school in common. That was about it. So I was kind of the quiet kid in the back that didn't really speak up. Um, fast forward after my, I dropped out. I got into construction. Uh, my dad owns a construction business. Um, so I was helping run jobs. Uh, I was a heavy equipment operator. I ran excavators, skid steers, cranes, things like that. And it, for one, it was a super dangerous job. Um, I had several times where I thought I was going to die. Really? Uh, I swung a crane into a power line. And uh, usually that's not a good um uh, uh, not a good uh, turnout for the operator. No. Normally, if you swing a crane into a power line, the tires explode, the whole machine catches on fire. And the thing is, if you jump off, you immediately die because you're not grounded anymore by the machine. So, luckily, I got it off, uh, but it was a super scary experience. I mean, I was it shocking? Was it like, was it doing yeah. that stuff? Yep. Yeah, oh. So everything was sparking. The screens on the crane were like flashing lights and everything. I could feel the electricity going through my body. All my hair was standing up. Oh, so yeah, it was scary experience. Damn. Um, but a, a couple months after that, um, and I'd been thinking about it for a while, like how can I get into real estate full time? Uh, because I I bought a house when I was 19, but I never really intended at that point to be a full time investor. Mm. Um we ended up getting into uh, a fight for lack of a better word in another country, me and my dad. And um, instead of us going to the police about it, they paid us some hush money and I used that to buy a property. Um, Wait, what? Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> we got you attacked your, in Italy. You, yeah. You and your dad got attacked in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there's not much I can say because we did sign NDAs. Oh. But essentially, we were in a what store. What can you share? Yeah. So basically, we were in a store and uh, we were doing something they didn't like, which wasn't illegal or wrong by any means. It just wasn't up to their standards, I guess. So they were being rude to us. Uh, and then when they asked us to leave, my dad took a picture of the person to show it to management. Uh, and they jumped on his back. And of course, I come in to help. And we both end up getting in a fight with these two security guards in this uh, store. And when they played back the tapes, they saw what had happened and they basically attacked us. And so we ended up getting paid uh, 10,000 euros uh, in hush money to not talk about that. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's about all I could say. But okay, that's fine. Would you guys I end up being money. okay? Oh yeah, yeah. Everything was fine. We weren't hurt or anything. It was just like a shock. Like we in America, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, that's what happened. Uh, Use that money as my down payment for a, a house. Um, my dad just kind of gave it to me. He was like, "Yeah, like you helped me on this, and like I don't really want the money. You, you have it, and mm -hmm. it'll be a good start for you." And it was. Took that money, threw it into that property, and I started making seven hundred a month in profit. Really, that was a super good deal. Um, it was a person that 
had passed away um and the property was just sitting there so the family sold it for super cheap uh all in like all repairs everything i got into it for like 16 grand wow. um, and it started making a 700 a month in profit um so w- when i was working construction you know i was working my tail off for you know pennies on the dollar like i say that now i mean really it was decent money a thousand a week uh salary but i was working 80 to 100 hours a week i was waking up at 4 a.m driving two hours working the entire day taking a couple hours break then working the night shift so it it was kind of rough for a while um and the entire time i was looking at this real estate money thinking hey like if i just had four or five more of these i could replace my salary like this is decent money once you start adding up properties and so I thought the best way to go into real estate full-time was to become an agent, right? I could sell properties for other people. And in the meantime, I could get a free education. So like I could work with investors, I could work with owners, figure out that whole process. And then I could take that education and use it to my advantage to put into real estate investments. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I bought a, I ended up buying a house um right before i quit construction and because i thought real estate sales were going to take off i was going to start making you know 100 grand a year as soon as i started you know everything that we think is new newbies going into a new venture yeah and it didn't happen that way <laughs> it didn't happen that way uh pretty soon i was not able to make my payments um i moved back in with my parents and uh somebody told me about airbnb and I should just put my house on Airbnb since it was just sitting there furnished. And so that's exactly what I did. I posted it on Airbnb. And within the first 30 days, I made $1,000 in profit. Wait, wait, uh, hold on a second. Days. Hold on a second. So you moved in with your parents. Yeah. And then how did you end up getting this profit from the Airbnb thing? So I was living there before. So all the furniture and everything was already there. I just oh, took pictures yeah. and put it on Airbnb. Okay. And it just took off. <laughs> what? Dude, you're, this is so off. cool. It's so cool, like seeing the plan and how it panned out. You know, yep. like it's just so cool to hear stories like this because if blank didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. If this didn't happen, then this oh, didn't yeah. happen. Um, but yeah, I'll let you get back to it, man. This is enjoyable. No, you're good. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, they ask me how did I get into Airbnb? I tell them by accident. What it's true. Like I never planned to get into Airbnb. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah. But you know, anyway, I was making fifteen hundred a month in profit at this point, and I couldn't figure out how to get more properties. Like I had no money. Like yeah, I was making a little here and there uh, with Airbnb and my other property, and a little with real estate. But I was living on almost all of it. Uh, and me being a twenty twenty one year old kid, like I was blowing whatever was left. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was trying to figure out how could I buy another house online. Everybody talks about like no money down financing. You can buy, you can do sub two, and all this kind of crazy stuff. But, you know, at that point, I was still a beginner. I didn't even know if that stuff was real. So mm-hmm. I wasn't about to go out and just start, you know, and said, hey, I'll give you $0 down for your house. I yeah. didn't know how that, <laughs> <know> that works. <laughs> but um, one day I heard somebody talking about arbitrage on mm-hmm. YouTube. 
where you could rent a house and then sublease it on Airbnb. And so like literally that day, like I, I remember extremely clearly, like as soon as he said that on the video, I didn't even finish the video. I went straight to Zillow. I started messaging people uh, on houses that were exactly like mine. Cause I knew if this house is making money, then surely one exactly like it with a similar payment will make money for me too. Yeah. And within a week, I was sitting at a table with uh, an owner over coffee and we signed a lease on his property. I've rented that house for the past three and a half years. I made 1500 a month profit ever since. So I could just, it was one of those things where education met, met taking action and yeah. I just ran with it. And since then, we've been able to scale to 38 properties. Uh, we own four of those, Arbitrage 29, and we co-host five. Um, so it's been a you know a great ride so far. Yeah. You know, we're taking this and continuing to scale in other businesses and uh, looking to get into multifamily and stuff like that. Check that out, man. So that's that's it in a nutshell? That's it in a nutshell. That's the basics. Man, that's a, such... a lot of failures and wins in between <laughs> then. But uh, <laughs> that's the, it in a nutshell. The way you tell it is so simple, but like, just just got to do it, right? I mean, everything I mean, that you yeah. said, it was like, I learned it and I immediately did it, what it said. And I effed up a couple times, but I knew that it was the right yeah. thing. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, when, when I tell the story, I get a lot of reactions just like yours. Like, it seems so simple. It is super simple. Yeah. Like, you literally just have to take action. Like, <laughs> I taught my parents how to do the same thing. Because at one point, they were like, you know, we see the money you're making. Like, can you show us how to do this? Like, they're already making good money themselves. Mm -hmm. But they wanted extra money, just like everybody. And I literally just took my script, gave the, gave my dad a couple pointers. They're going to make a half million dollars on Airbnb this year. Half a million? Half a million. On an Airbnb? Not on one, but they have multiple. Okay. Profit? No, no not profit. Gross. Just they'll, they'll, probably gross? Make, they'll probably make 175 profit. But still? Within two years. Jesus. Work, working a full-time job. They have their own business. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah. with, with yours too, like I, I remember you sending me, you know, some information on it. So you typically get a hundred thousand a month from this? Yep. A hundred to 130,000 a month. Wow, man. And is that gross as well? Yeah, that's gross. Dude, yeah, that's Our margin's so crazy. like 35%. Yeah, but dude. You every single time you talk about this, and it's only been twice with me, my my mind just opens up and goes nuts because I'm like, it really is that simple. But so many people yeah. like myself get overwhelmed and get caught up in the details and and don't take action within that because I don't yeah. understand it a hundred percent. I doubt you understood it a hundred percent when you did it. You just did it. And I you understood just, it five percent, right? Like, and it I ended just, up. I just making, knew how to start. <laughs> I just wow. knew, like, he literally just said, hey, like, you go to a landlord, this is what you tell them. And, like, I already had a property. So, like, yes, that gave me a little more confidence. Uh, I already had a property making money on Airbnb. But still, like, I didn't have even half of the knowledge I probably should have. Absolutely. <laughs>
It was wow. just me like taking that little bit of knowledge and not being afraid to fail. Yeah. Like people think about like, they're so afraid to fail, but they really have nothing to lose. Right. Like, most people that are looking at getting started in something like this, like they're already unhappy in where they are mm-hmm. or they just want some extra money. Like how much is it really going to affect them if they fail? Right. It's, and that's the thing too, is so many people are caught up in failing and not realizing that you got to fail to get put on the right direction almost every single yeah. time. And uh, I say this in almost every single podcast, and I hope for all the listeners that like to follow along with my posts and my episodes that failing is good. Oh, it yeah. is a, okay. I almost get excited. Yeah, but like, yes, I failed early. At least I didn't. Or my blood, sweat, and tears all into it before that happened. Um, yeah, well, so, man, I mean, the thing is, I was just say the thing is, like, when you're failing, you know that it's because you're pushing towards growth. Yeah. And you're one step closer to that next goal that you set for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I say I almost get excited because it's like I expect to fail. Mm-hmm. So when finally, like, even though I'm doing everything I can to not fail, like, I'm not, I don't want to fail at the same time, like, I know when I do fail, it's a good sign that I'm getting closer to my goals. Mm-hmm. So on uh, on Zillow, when it comes to messaging these homeowners, um, how how do you typically go about it? Do you mind if I kind of pick your brain on that aspect? Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. So let's say you go onto Zillow and you type into the um, <clears throat> the shoot. Why isn't my brain working? The search bar. Search bar, but when you, why the hell am I brain farting right now? Hold on. At the filter, filter, filter. filter. Yeah. I couldn't figure out the word filter, guys. <laughs> um, so you go there, you filter, you know, rent, you know, how much rent, you know, certain bedrooms, whatever, right? So you do that and you message the homeowner, hey, blah, 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 blah. What does that message look like? So think about it like this. In any sales interaction or whenever you're trying to win somebody over, mm-hmm. like it makes the most sense to be as professional as possible. Yeah. Whether it's taking a girl out on a date or uh, selling something door to door, you want to be dressed nice. You don't want to show up in t-shirt and shorts and flip flops. Yeah. So it's the same way when we're messaging, like we're presenting ourselves in a more professional way. We're not mm-hmm. just throwing a message out saying, Hey, is it cool if I Airbnb your house? You're going to know every time. But if you approach them as a corporate housing company, tell them the people that you're marketing to, AT&T technicians, traveling nurses, corporate travelers, executives for companies. Like that's all the people that we are prioritizing and marketing directly to so that we get one more attractive tenants that aren't going to destroy our place. And two, so that it gives us a better, um, like script and outlook Mm -hmm. as a company. So when you present yourself in that way, you get a lot more yeses instead Mm -hmm. of no's. Okay. So pretty much what it looks like when, and I'm just doing my best to paint this picture in my my mind is that when you go onto Zillow and you're messaging these homeowners, you're typically writing it in a professional way. You know, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm with so-and-so. I own a corporate housing company called this, this, and that. We hold the space for X, Y, and Z to come in and stay here. And then you pretty much 
ask to like meet up with them and talk about it in more details or you do you typically keep it in the text? Yeah, so we try to get full approval first. So mm-hmm. when we first reach out, it'll look like this. Like, hey, Tristan, this is Quentin West from the Cozy Cosmo. We're a corporate housing company based out of North Carolina. We market towards AT&T technicians, corporate travelers, and traveling nurses, other professional people visiting the, the location. Uh, is this something that you'd be interested in? And then we just leave it open. If they say yes, then we tell them more details. Like, yeah, we're looking to take down one, two, three properties um, in this area. Do you have anything else? And then we mm. get further into the conversation. And about 60% of the time, we close people on it because like, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. We offer insurance. We fix anything under 200 bucks. Uh, we're planning to rent for life. We're not coming in with an expectation that we're only going to rent for a year. Like mm-hmm. we want to continue renewing our lease until we're no longer making money. Right. And then because they're the ones who still own it and you don't personally own it, when something goes wrong, it's not you who has to pay for it. It's, and I'm not Depends. talking like, I'm not talking like tenant damage, but like if the water, yeah, like heater, an HVAC system or yeah, water heater, yeah. Like a play. roof or siding. painting stuff like that that's on the homeowner but if for some reason the airbnb something happens like they break a doorknob or they are acting fools and break a window or shatter a tv or something that's that's when the airbnb the insurance blah 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 starts coming into it yep exactly oh man this is so cool this is actually this is i understand why you get excited this is this is so exciting um (laughs) (laughs) so it's do you do you typically try to find places that are by airports? You know, what's your marketing strategy or target strategy for finding the right house? So there's a couple of different things we look at. So one is international airports, um, family, like carnival destinations, like uh, we have a, a Carowinds nearby, which is like a entertainment park. Um, any other major attractions like um, Sevierville, Tennessee, they have the mountains. That's a major attraction. Um, what else? Hospitals for traveling nurses. That's mm-hmm. a big one if you have a major hospital. Uh, so anything like that uh, it can make for a really good spot and attract quality tenants. Wow. Okay. So I know that you said you market it as a you know a corporate housing company. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't accept people who aren't part of a corporate housing company, right? Yeah. So we primarily want people that are corporate travelers or travel nurses because they book longer term mm-hmm. uh, insurance. We have some insurance guests right now. They've been staying with us 14 months and we're going to profit 2500 a month for 14 months and they pay all up front. No shit. So yeah, like literally the house that they're staying in uh cost me twelve thousand dollars to set up. And they wrote me the first check for the first seven months uh for twenty six thousand six hundred. And then after the like the first three months, they decided to st- extend and wrote me another check for twenty six thousand six hundred. Wow. So, so you got that money grand. you got that money up front before yep. it was ready? Uh no, so the the day before they checked in. Okay. 
And no the way. awesome, the awesome thing about that was I didn't even have the property whenever they reached out to me. Like they reached out on another property asking if I had availability. And I said, no, but I can find you one. And that's where we create relationships where like we become more resourceful than the average company. So most people are limited by the properties they can buy. They're going to have to wait 30 to 60 days to buy a house. Mm. Us, I can write a lease with the, within the week. I got the property filled within two weeks. Wow. So with, with that house, they brought the guests to us. And I said, okay, I'll find you a property by the end of the week. We found a property, signed a lease, spent 12 grand to fill it on credit and had $26,000 by the end of the week. Wow. 12,000 on credit. And then, yeah. so when you say fill it, like it's just putting, it's furnishing it. Yeah. Is yeah. Furnishings, really? plates, cups, everything like that. Dude, I'm so yeah. mind blown. I remember, <laughs> I've, I've heard of arbitrage so many times, but you explain it so well and so simply. I'm a, I won't talk negatively to myself. Okay. I was about to call myself a dumbass. Um, uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, like, I no, have I third mean, to fifth grade, like, tell it to me in stupid terms because I start talking to real estate people sometimes and I get turned off because they're throwing all these words and all this crazy yeah. stuff at me. I'm like, what the hell are you saying? Yeah, I mean, I totally get that. I'm a college dropout. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the same way. It's probably why I explain it well to you. Yeah, because you, you, that's how you learn it. So you want to explain it in the way you learn it. Super simple. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I can understand like why you're so good at what you do. So you also run events and stuff too, teaching people, coaching people how to do this for themselves. Yep. So we've been doing online events for six months and then we held our first in-person event about a month ago. <laughs> and we're planning on doing a lot more. We got some great feedback. Yeah. Um, literally at halftime, people were running up to me saying, this is worth every penny. I flew here from Minnesota mm. and my mind is blown. So <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. It, it was so much fun. Yeah. How undersaturated is this or is it a saturated business? Depends on the market. Um, everybody think it, thinks it's incredibly oversaturated because like all the gurus teach, go to Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona, go to Dallas, Texas, go to Houston, go to Sevierville, Tennessee, like all those major markets. But they're for, like, I haven't heard a single person talk about all the niche rural markets outside of those. Yeah. Like spring, spring Texas, or, um, one of my students is in, uh, Mississippi, like a small town in Mississippi. And the numbers look crazy in his town, like 1500 to $2,000 a month in profit. Wow. Like nobody's looking at those markets and like my market is not a vacation at all. Mm -hmm. We're an hour and a half from the biggest major city. Yeah. But, we get plenty of traffic because we're in between tourist destinations. So people have to stop where we are. Yeah. And nobody talks about that. And that's why I think like everybody gets the, the feeling that it's oversaturated. It might be in some markets, but that isn't true for the entire United States. Mm. So <clears throat> when you do your, your marketing and you're looking for these properties, do you keep it in North Carolina? You're in North Carolina. So we have, yeah, I'm in North Carolina. We have, I've done stuff in other states. Um, but like I was just saying, we went to like the hotspot touristy markets mm-hmm. and they became oversaturated 
and eventually ran us out. We just couldn't compete. Mm. And that was about a year ago, maybe a little more that we got into those markets. And that's why now like I've doubled down on these rural markets because I mean, we took a huge loss and it was just me chasing the FOMO of what everybody was saying yeah. about those markets. But I don't so know, you're man. Saying, these rural try, markets are pretty good. Yeah. You, you, so pretty much what you're saying is like these vacation places, like they're already, those are the things that might be oversaturated, but the things that you could be really taking advantage of are the rural communities that have lesser Airbnbs and stuff like that, where people still have to fly in and do traveling yeah. nurse work or vice versa, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, my, when I first started, my market had 300 units in it. Super like, small. Okay. Dallas, Texas has several thousand. Wow. Like for Airbnb? Airbnb. Yeah. Mm. So just find rural markets where like you have lower competition uh, and you'll be able to crush it. Yeah. And they're all over the states. I mean, there's hundreds of cities like that. Yeah. I bet you Wichita is one of them. Yeah, probably is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt in my mind I'm going to take you up on this and I'm going to be figuring some stuff out because this I've I've been wanting to get into real estate, but I'm not going to lie. I immediately get turned off and like I want to fall asleep when people are teaching it and it's just like regurgitating all this stuff that now I have to write down all these terms I don't know and figure it out yeah. and just this is simple and I like simple and that could also get people who are listening here, you know, on the yeah. track to like, I've heard real estate's good, but where do I start? I don't understand this. Maybe they're very simple minded like us. They want to start somewhere smaller. Well, because you started in arbitrage, you're learning as you go and now you're buying yeah. properties and now you're talking multifamilies and stuff like that. So um, I believe that this is something that I'm, I'm going to really take advantage of. Um, Next question I have for you is how do you automate it with cleaning companies and stuff? Does that all, does that automatically come out and like those payments are automatic or how, I, that's something that I yeah. get caught up in is like the cleaning crews and stuff. Yeah. So it's a little different for us because we own our own cleaning business. So we just invoice ourselves back and forth. Um, but when I started, I had other companies doing it and there's an app called turnover B and B. And you can literally set up a profile for your cleaner. And once she marks complete on the project, it pays her automatically. So when she marks completed and does she have to like prove yep. pictures and stuff or it's you, just you can trust. require that. It, you can require that if you want, but I mean, you should be able to trust your cleaning crew. Yeah. Yeah. Trust I mean, even if they decide to steal from you, it's going to be a hundred bucks. So really 100, 150 bucks. So it's, not enough to cry about. So the expenses that go into this are furnishing, uh, insurance, and cleaning. So it's like your monthly expenses or your startup cost? Monthly. Oh, probably. Let's say that I find a house and I need to furnish it. I need to get a cleaning yeah. person. I yeah, need so, to so we'll go through both. We'll go through both. So to start up, you need your furniture costs, you need your first month's rent, and you need your deposit. Okay. And if you're just starting, you're probably going to build your furniture yourself. Uh, if not, you can use Thumbtack to find people to build the furniture for you. 
Um, and then you need a final cleaning once you're done uh, to just get like all those scraps and stuff that you missed up and like really clean all the sinks and countertops and all that stuff. Um, then the only other cost from there is, you know, if your utility companies charge a deposit, some do, some don't just depends. Um, but then until you're making money and operating, like you don't have to worry about anything. Once wow. you start operating for a little while, you're going to pay your rent, you're going to pay your utilities and pay your cleaning. Uh, consumables, so like toilet paper, paper towels, soap, uh, that's it. Mm. I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. It really is. I, I I would never think that I would be this quick to the chase to be asking questions in, on real estate and actually understanding some stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, cool, man. And you... So you own a coaching business too, teaching people how to do this as well? Yep. What's that called? Uh, Shortcut to Superhost. Shortcut to Superhost. How how does that look? You know, like uh, what all goes into that? Um, As far as the business or like the services we offer? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're going to give somebody a rundown on what this business is, how you go about it, you know, it's like for the listeners here, like if they wanted to hop in on that, like where would they, where would they find you? Where could they find this coaching business? So, yeah. So the best thing to do is just reach out to me on Instagram at Q deals homes. Uh, then I can kind of walk them through whatever we have going on at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff we do now is pretty customized. So like we had, somebody coming recently he had four properties but he was negative every single month whenever he joined me uh he had lost five thousand dollars the previous 30 days 30 days later he profited 10 grand so like it can it can turn around that quickly and that's the difference like one coach can make in your business like showing you the things that you're missing or the things that you can improve um so yeah i mean that was a, a great experience for me and him because he's one of the first people that was like in a terrible situation like that with properties already. Um, and I just showed him some of the things that we do in our business uh, to get things back on track because you, you do still have to like keep the thumb on things, algorithms change, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you can stay up to date with them. Um but that's what a mentor can do to help. Uh, and then if somebody wants to reach out and like if they're a, just a beginner getting started, mm-hmm. I'll look over their goals, see what they want to do in the business, how much money they want to make and give them a plan of action to get there mm-hmm. and then show them some options on what it looks like to work with us if they want to get a little bit more help and support. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is, this is amazing. Like what you're doing, <laughs> man, like, I'm still mind blown. Now I, I really do understand why those people come up to you and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is worth every penny. Like, wow. I'm honored yeah. to be able to pull it from you out, yeah, out of a podcast, man. People need to, people need to know more about you and know who Quentin West is. And I appreciate uh, that. you're pretty young too, man. You started what, when you were 21 and now you're how old? Young, I, bought my, I bought my first house when I was 19, but okay. I didn't really get started until I was 21. And I'm 25 now. Check that out to everybody listening. He's 25 and killing it. And it's, it's, it's taking action. It's so yeah. important, man. Um, I, I was hearing something the other day 
with people talking about hotels and how the hotel industry is pretty pissed off at Airbnb. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I mean, some people are pissed off. It's mostly people that can't keep up with the the innovations. Though, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always going to be people that prefer a hotel. I mean, even like if if I'm traveling by myself, I'm going to pick a hotel because it's it's much easier. I don't have to do checkout instructions. It's cheaper, um, mm-hmm. especially when I'm traveling by myself. Like I'm going to Ohio on the 28th. It's just going to be me. Like I'm. I just need one room. I'm not going to be there, but six to eight hours um, just to sleep. So like, I don't need a fancy house. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's so powerful, man. Um, <clears throat> so here in, here in Kansas, something that I've heard is that, uh, you know, the Hiltons are very big here, you know, here yep. in Kansas. And I've heard that people in Kansas city are trying to ban Airbnb in general, where, where do you think that'll go? And you think it's even possible to do? Um, I mean, it's definitely possible to do. I think it's unlikely um, because the city sees it as another way to make income. Mm-hmm. So they might limit it to like 30 day rentals or something like that. But uh, I don't think they're going to cut them out. There's very few cities that completely cut them out. So there is a couple cities. Yeah, so like Dallas, Texas just implemented a new law um, and they're going to start like actually cracking down in December, but it went effect this past week. Uh, you can't do Airbnb in single family neighborhoods anymore, only multifamily. Oh, so you have to have a big group. Or I- just a condo. You can do like one single condo. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Damn, so they're actually taking effect in doing that. Yeah. Interesting, but good thing for the rural areas that that probably won't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another reason why I teach that because much less likely to have regulations or strict regulations. That's true, man. Just not as popular. I hear you. So what, what fires you up more than anything about real estate? Like what, what makes it, makes you passionate about it or are your passions somewhere else? What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, two things really fire me up. One is the freedom. Um, and then the second one is just being able to teach other people, share it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just enjoy helping other people get to the next step. Like Jimmy going from negative 5,000 to positive 10,000 in 30 to 45 days. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Like he was ready to quit. And now he's like super pumped up about it. He's passionate again about the business and ready to roll. Mm. So like stuff like that really, um, you know, makes me excited, but the freedom, uh, as far as like a personal side of it, I mean, I was able to retire my wife. I mean, she doesn't have to work. Uh, Mm. she helps manage her cleaning company now, but that's more of just her wanting something to do. Um, but we have complete freedom. We can leave anytime we want. We can live anywhere we want. Like, I mean, I was with you guys in Dallas. As soon as I get, got back, the next day we went to the beach to the country music festival. Now I'm back in town for a that. week. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Then on the 20, 28th, we're going to uh, see, uh, gosh, what's her name? A singer in Charlotte. Can't mm-hmm. remember her name for some reason. And then the very next morning, I'm going to Ohio uh, 
with uh, Mark Evans. He's a guy in an event in Ohio. And then on the first, we're going to back to the beach. <laughs> so like, and like, I don't have to be anywhere in particular. And I don't say that to brag. Like I'm saying it to show like just four years ago, I was freaking like working my tail off for nothing. Like I had no mm-hmm. freedom. Like I would, it would be a Saturday or Sunday and I had nothing going on. And like, if one of my clients called wanting to see a house, then I had to leave whatever I was doing because I needed the money. Yeah. With this, like, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. Like I work an hour a day with my current portfolio mm-hmm. and everything else is spent like building, getting more properties, getting on podcasts, building my brand, coaching other people. So super it, fulfilling. So when people typically talk about real estate, they say passive income is a lie, you know, but from what you're talking about, it seems pretty passive. Like you, there's not, it's like a, a ton of work that typically goes into it. Like, wh- what do you say about that? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the team you have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would call what I've got going semi-passive, but I mean, still I work on it. Yeah, I still work on it every day. I still like it doesn't grow without me. So I still have to put in some work. Um, but compared to a nine to five job, like I would choose this any day of the week. Right. (laughs) Do you wake up pretty damn excited to get it going? Oh, yeah. I wake up excited every day. Yeah. That's so every day. And like it's not so much about the business I currently have, it's building into everything else. Like mm-hmm. we were just talking about like building the events, mm-hmm. coaching more people, like traveling and doing speaking gigs. Like on the 21st, I'm speaking in an event for somebody like s- stuff like that that I'm getting into is what excites me. So That's like getting so- on this podcast, talking to your audience, mm-hmm. spread value, then they come and follow me Then yeah. I help them. So it, it all is connected and that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. I love how genuine you are, man, because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that say that they're gurus and they really want to help people. But in all reality, they're doing it for the, the greed and the money yeah. standpoint instead of really doing everything in their power to make other people successful and just teaching them what you wish you would have known at, at the beginning. Yeah. And it's you can hear it in your voice. You can tell it just who you are in person, man. And there's nothing but greatness and bright things in your future. I can see it. I appreciate and, that. And I know you do too. And I'm, I'm really, uh, really curious to know what your long-term vision looks like. Do you have one? Like what's, what's your big dreamer brain thinking in the future? Yeah. I mean, long-term for the portfolio, I want to own 10,000 units, uh, multifamily. Uh, eventually I'll phase out of the short-term rentals. It's just a cash flow machine. Like mm-hmm. that's why I built it. Um, I'm not super passionate about short-term rentals. Like it's like, I, I love the freedom it brings and that's why I built it. And also now using it as a tool to buy other things that give me more freedom. So 10,000 units, I want to buy a plane. Uh, so we again, have more freedom at any time. I can call my pilot, have him meet me at the plane. We fly to wherever. Um, I want to speak in multiple different countries, talk about, you know, my experiences, try to help other people, um, and then just build a house and live a happy life, help as many people as I can, uh, talk to people about God, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Pretty Man. simple. <laughs> simple, but yeah. powerful, you know? <clears throat> you know, growing up, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I, I knew that there was something inside of me that was meant for greatness, just couldn't really put my my finger on it. And I'm still grateful, you know, as young as I am, I'm still figuring it out. There's so many older fellas I talk to that are 40, 50 years old. They're like, damn, you know, I figured out what you're on now, what Quentin's on now, you know, way late in life. And um, what I'm getting at is, is that like it or not, we all have different journeys and we all go through certain things. And, um, but too many of us, and I'm very guilty of it, is I get so caught up in the details. I overwhelm myself. I overthink it. Um, so in your life, I'm, I'm curious to know what, what kind of examples you might have of when you've overthought something and you just went and did it. And you're like, damn, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, as well as what what big lessons have you learned you know, from your past to what you're doing now that you wish you could have shared with yourself back in the day? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'd say, I mean, everything I have ever done, I overthought in some way or another in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, from getting my real estate license to starting real estate investing to starting in coaching. I mean, it all had some form of me overthinking, but I think the thing that kind of separates me from most people is I just do it anyway. Like, um, like I'm scared of, I'm more, I'm more scared of not hitting my potential than I am of failing. And like, that's what keeps me doing things that are uncomfortable. Um, like the event that I threw, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no help on that. Like wow. I had a couple of people like Marshall helped me, give me some tips. But as far as like implementing, I had no help. It was just me. I got all the sponsors. I got all the speakers. I sold. Ninety percent of the tickets. Um, so, like, it's just it comes down to just taking action again, like not overcomplicating things. Like, just like how they say, how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Just yeah. doing one thing every day to get closer to your goals, and eventually you look up and you're like, I need to set bigger goals. Like, I accomplished mm-hmm. that faster than I thought. Yeah. Um, and. Like what stops most people is they think they need all the answers from start to finish. Like my big goal is 10,000 units. Like most people, if they had that goal, they would say, dang, 10,000 units. Like, how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And it's not so much about figuring out how to get 10,000 units. It's figuring out the steps in between. Like what's the Mm -hmm. next step? So for me, it was, excuse me. It was, uh, getting my real estate license, making that money first as my first step, then taking that money, using it as a tool to get into arbitrage. <clears throat> that was the next step. Then I built the arbitrage business to a certain point. Now I can buy other properties. Then I'm taking down other opportunities like coaching and speaking and mm-hmm. um, sourcing virtual assistants. Like it's nothing I ever thought I was doing, but it was a skill I picked up along the way. I made fifteen hundred dollars this week from sourcing virtual assistants for somebody. It's not wow. even something that I do, like that I really like share with people. But if they ask, it's something I can offer because it's a skill that I know. And within fifteen minutes, 
I can make $1,500 just by using a skill I already have. So like the, the point is to just like, if you have a goal, if you have something you want to achieve, like don't overthink the steps, like just take the first step. Like if you want to get into real estate, like what is the next step that's required of you to get there? You either need money or credit or knowledge. Knowledge is the most important. So if you don't have the money, you don't have the credit, start working, do what you can to make the most money possible, mm-hmm. take steps to build your credit, and then learn about how to use that once you're ready. Mm-hmm. Because most people, like they're too, like they have their blinders on. They're looking straight down at the road ahead of them. They miss opportunities here on the sides. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say like work on your money, work on your credit and get the knowledge ready. Like you already know you need those two things at some point. Why not work on them in the background while you're preparing everything else? Yeah. And that's like another thing that's kind of got me ahead because I know that right now, like building my social media, building my brand, getting on podcasts isn't extremely valuable. But once everything comes together at once, like once my name gets out there more and more, once I get on more stages, like I know I need this for credibility. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I'm doing it. Like you're not getting the immediate um, um, satisfaction. You're delaying that satisfaction. But someday, like I'm going to get all the satisfaction at once because of all the work I put in over the past two, three, four, five years. Absolutely, man. And that's something that I've struggled with. And I know something that's changing in society today is that delayed gratification and just holding off before you make those big uh, decisions that you really wanted, but you kept holding off on, man. And uh, I'm definitely guilty of it, (laughs) of giving in a little early. um, I understand where you're coming from, man. And this is so huge. I want to get like a conference or something set up here in Wichita and have Let's you c- come out here and, and do it. There's a, I, I would, I would love to, you know, cause you know, do I'm it. very passionate about speaking. Start tomorrow. What? Getting the event set up? Yeah. Let's do it. For real. Let's do it. Dude, I got tons of real estate guys that are ready to build something and have it happen. So you're right. Take Dude, action. Call them in. If I'll you come stay, speak. let's do it. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Set, start setting it up tomorrow. I mean, I gotta, seriously, that, like my event, that's exactly how I decided to do it. Like I was writing my goals down. Yeah, I was writing my goals down for the year. And I was like, dang, like, what else do I, do I want to accomplish this year? Because I I'd not done it yet. This was like February. Mm-hmm. And um, February or March. And one of them was, I want to speak on stage four times this year. And throw my own event. And I knew that if I threw my own event, that knocks two of my goals off of the uh, list immediately. And so I, like the very next day, I started calling venues to see what it cost. And I found a venue that was pretty cheap. Everything looked great. Um, I was like, okay, well, book me for this date. And I had to put a deposit down, Mm -hmm. uh, 900 bucks. I was like, dang, like, yeah, this is actually real now. Now I have to put the pieces together. Yeah. So I started talking to other people that had thrown events that had sold tickets and all this kind of stuff and just slowly putting the pieces together. And it, we got 50 people at our first event. I mean, 50? that's 50. Damn. 
50. So it, it turned out like way better than I ever would have planned. Um, like, yeah, obviously I would have loved for a hundred, 150 people to be there, but most people get five people at their first event. Mm-hmm. And like, now we have like 50 fans that want to come to the next one. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. I like how quickly things can go and how well they can go if you actually put the work in. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but <laughs> in <like laughs> such a short period of time, but it like it worked out really well. That's awesome, man. And you're gonna you're gonna hold me to it because like you said, oh, all right, if you're that. gonna if you're talking about it, let's fucking go. Don't be saying something that yeah. you're not gonna put action to. I'm like, That's okay. Right. That's what we That's do. Right. That's what friends <laughs> do, man. You say you're going to do something, you do it. So I appreciate that. Um, That's right. Before the end of the year. And Before the end of the year, I'll, I'll put it on my calendar. I'll fly out. Okay. No, I got you, man. I I, I need to be I need to be making more stages and getting uh, that knowledge down too, man. So yeah. don't talk about it. Be about it. And That's uh, right. I will, man. I, I I love what you're doing and. As soon as we connected, man, I was like, damn, that tall ass guy is cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I cool appreciate hell. that, man. Yeah, man. Um, so I know you mentioned earlier your coaching business a little bit, but uh, where where can anybody listening find you online? Yeah, just find me on Instagram, Hugh Deals Holmes. Uh, shoot me a message. I respond to everybody. Uh, so if they get to me, I'll get back to them. What was it again? Q Holmes? You deals D E A L S Holmes H O M E S. Yeah, yes, sir. We'll get it put in there. Um, I'll put this in the description as well to the podcast so they know who you are, man. But is there anything else Perfect. you want to end this on? No, man. I think that's it. We we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we sure did. We covered a lot of ground. Well, to everybody listening, go check him out. Go vet him. Go look him up. He has some amazing content, and as you can tell, he's an amazing person that wants to connect with you if you want to learn more. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Till next time. If this episode resonated with you or if you know somebody who needs to hear it, don't keep it to yourself. Share it far and wide to anyone who crosses your mind. Send them a text message, an email, a DM on social media. Take a screenshot if you have to and share it to your stories on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. I also want to express my gratitude for the incredible support and the five-star reviews on iTunes and Spotify. Your reviews help the show reach new audiences who might have never stumbled upon it before. By listening, they have the opportunity to open their minds and potentially change their lives. So please keep those reviews coming in and let's continue to make a huge impact together. Till next time, everybody. This is Tristan Mather signing off. And remember, if you want to make the world a better place, you must first look at yourself and make that change. Conquer your life.